Uh, so for today's message in honor of May, which is Maternal Mental Health Month, and um, with great gratitude to Nikki Ranney, who grew up here at Unity and just finished uh, her second year at Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design, where she's studying um, illustrating, uh, we have for you this message, which we are calling the most beautiful mistake. I have always, always, always wanted to be a mom. When I was a kid, I had babies and animals that I took care of. I always loved being with other people's kids. I actually remember one time when I was, I don't know, maybe like 15, talking to someone and saying, I mean, honestly, I'm not sure I even need to go to college. I could just like become a mom right now and be totally content. So I always dreamed of having children of my own. I was pretty sure I wanted like maybe five to ten of them and just generally uh, couldn't wait to become a mother. But then I actually became one. And the first three months of Alice's life, they were so, so hard. They were so hard. And on one level, like, of course they were hard because caring for an infant is hard, right? Like, nursing was a struggle, and weight checks were stressful, and my body was a mess. Sleep, sleep was the hardest part for me, not ever getting any sleep. Uh, anytime she would cry, I would be so panicky and anxious until we could get her to stop crying. And then anytime she wasn't crying, I would be panicky and anxious and run to make sure that she was, like, still breathing. And... Um, it was hard for me to you know, not be able to do the things I wanted to do when I wanted to do them. I, <laughs> I very clearly remember one time um, I had a plate of warm, delicious food sitting on the table, and I was starving, and I was just about to sit down and devour this meal. And of course, that was right when Alice started screaming, and I just remember looking at that plate and thinking, Ah, just one time, I want to eat my food before it gets cold. Just one time, I want to do that. Since then, uh, I've heard someone refer to those first months with an infant as the hundred days of darkness. And boy, was that a perfect description for how I experienced it. But the hardest part about it wasn't that it was hard, if that makes sense. The hardest part about it was that I had expected it to be really, really great, and it so, so was not. Does that make sense? So I, I had expected those first months of motherhood to be like the best time of my life, that I would be um, just like so overjoyed at this long-cherished dream finally come true and so um, overcome with love for this little being. And, and I think, to be fair, I think, I think it might actually be that way for some people. It definitely was not like that for me. I was not overcome with love for this new little being. I felt like I don't even know who they are. And when they're that little, it's not like they do anything or have any personality. They're just like this big squishy blob that needs you all the time and demands that you give up your freedom and your autonomy and your body and your life. Somewhere in that early stretch, 
My husband Andrew found this video that had gone viral on YouTube. It was of a potato farmer, a Maltese potato farmer being interviewed about his work, and this is what he says. My life is potato. From morning to night, we think always about potato. All our day is potato. I dream of potato. <laughs> and that became like our favorite video ever because that was like exactly how I felt. Like, oh my gosh, this is my life now. What have I done? And I missed my old life so, so, so much. And um, because of that, I just, I felt, I felt so inadequate and, and so selfish and so sure that I had made like this huge, huge mistake in becoming a mom. So eventually, um, a really, really great doctor convinced me to try a medication and after a couple of weeks I felt way more like myself and way more able to handle the hard stuff and that was that was just huge. And eventually I, at least for the most part, made peace um, with all of the things that I had given up and that, that big gap uh, between my expectations and the reality. And eventually Alice got older and cuter and easier and way more entertaining. And eventually I grew to just absolutely love the stuffing out of that little kid. And I remember her first Easter, so she would have been um, like probably about six months old. And I was holding her. We were, actually, we were sitting in the rocking chair that all of you got for us when she was born. And I was holding her in the chair. And, and it was Easter, so I um, was thinking about God's great love for Jesus, God's great love for all of us, um, the love of a parent for their child. And I just started crying. And I just sat there and held her and cried. Um, partly because I felt so, so, so much love for her. But also out of relief. Because I had kind of thought that that feeling might not ever come. Looking back on all of that now, I'm pretty sure that was postpartum depression. Um, whatever it was, it was definitely one of the hardest chapters of my life. And we all go through chapters like that at some point in our life. Hey, times um, that seem, they're so hard that they seem too hard. Like they seem like there's no way that we're gonna survive them. And in some ways, we're kind of all collectively living through something like that right now. And for those of us that are people of faith, uh, I think it's natural and, and good when we go through a time like that to wonder where, where is God in all of this, right? Where is God in all of this? And when we're asking that question, one easy trap to fall into is the idea that this all must be part of God's plan. It was not God's plan for me to go through a chapter like that. 
It is not God's will for me to suffer. It is not God's will for you to suffer ever. And for better and for worse, suffering seems to find all of us without anybody needing to plan anything, hey? God does not cause bad things to happen. But our God has this amazing ability to take whatever happens and then weave it into this beautiful masterpiece. Our lives, your life, is like a work of art. And it's stunning. It really is stunning. All lives are. But they're beautiful not because they're like perfect or because we're perfect or because we make all the right choices and it's not like they they only become beautiful works of art once we've finally figured everything out it's beautiful because it's you and it's unique and it's full of ups and downs and heartbreak and healing and dreams that are shattered and new dreams that sprout up in their place and it's full of all your love and all your longing and all your learning all of your great wisdom learned through hard experience that's life and all of it is tied together by this amazing grace that flows from the brush of a master artist who never ever stops working for our good and like, not only does God never stop working for our good, but God delights in us. God delights in watching our lives unfold with all of their ups and downs. God delights in being part of bringing all of those pieces together to make something beautiful. So, no, uh, postpartum depression was not part of God's plan, nor can I quite, at this point, can I quite bring myself to say that I'm glad that it happened. But some really incredible things came out of that time. Several, many even. But here's just one. Here's just one of them, okay? So I had always wanted to be a mom. Not so much for Andrew, okay? I'd always been super comfortable around kids. Um, that wasn't so much his bag. And I've always been, well, those of you who know me won't be surprised to hear, um, I've always been, well, bossy is probably too harsh of a word, but um, really quick to, to like step in and take over a situation, sometimes too quick. Uh, and so it's really easy for me to imagine, in, if circumstances had been different, me kind of stepping in and becoming like the dominant parent with Andrew in a supporting role. But instead, just because all of my energy for a while had to go into keeping myself going, just by necessity, Andrew was the one to like put our family on his back and carry us through that. And he was the one to take the lead in all things Alice-related. And as he did that, he became a father so fully and so completely that it is now like a totally inseparable part of who he is. It's at the core of who he is now. And it's been really beautiful 
to watch that unfold. So now, of course, we have baby two on the way, and who knows how that's all going to play out. I am trying to keep my hopes high, but my expectations are really, really low. Um, but I do know, I do know these two things. I know that however it unfolds, it is going to be completely different than I expect. And I know, however it unfolds, it's going to be beautiful. Amen.